Welcome to another edition of the Liebert Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Jenkins, and it is sponsored by Liebert Fitness. And on today's show, we have Taylor Learmont. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on it. <laughs> As are we. So I figured where I would start is... Um, how did you find your love for fitness as a youngster? Well, I've been in like the industry of not necessarily fitness, but always being active from a very young age. So I was a gymnast when I was younger. And honestly, my favorite part of that was the conditioning aspect. So I think from a young age, because I liked moving my body and feeling strong, that definitely helped for my love of fitness. And then as an adult now, like it's honestly the thing that makes me the most happiest. It's my period of the day where I get to work on myself and improve and always like be tracking my progress. And it's just probably one of the best feelings. So I think that's, it started from a young age and just transferred all the way through adulthood. So. And I know that you were a nationally ranked uh, competitive gymnast as well as a competitive dancer. Uh, How did you get involved in those sports and what did those sports uh, mean to you? So I got into competitive gymnastics when I was younger because I would just kind of flip myself around the house, not really knowing what I was doing. And my mom was like, okay, let's put her in something that has mats and coaches and stuff like that. And so that's how I got into gymnastics. Um, And I honestly loved it. I think gymnastics is going to always be one of my very first passions because even as an adult, it's something that I incorporate in all my fitness and everyday lifestyle. In terms of dance, I got into dance because when I was a gymnast, I actually hurt my back. So I had to take a little bit of a break with the impact and the landings and stuff like that, just because it was getting a little bit too much for a young 13 year old to be always in pain. Uh, Mm -hmm. The dance world I was in for about four years. And honestly, I loved it. It wasn't necessarily a passion for me, but I really did enjoy the movement um, and the social aspect and the competitive world of, of, sorry, of dance. So yeah. (laughs) Perfect. That's perfect. Um, Now being a competitive dancer and a competitive gymnast, um, what's one thing that you took, um, from each sport that you kind of look at today and say, this is what I took from those sports. Gymnastics definitely taught me the most. Uh, maybe it's cause I did it at such a young age. That's probably why I learned so much in that time period of dedication, hard work, consistency, um, and just always pushing yourself to be better. I think like one of the quotes on the walls when I was a gymnast was in the pursuit of excellence. And that's something that I've carried out through my entire life just from that. And then going into the dance world, I think something that dance taught me that nothing else has so far is just the freedom to move. Like when we would always do interpretive dance or just like on the whim, we would just do whatever. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but we would just do these routines to music. And it was just something where it was like, you could just feel how your body wanted to move in that moment and not to be always so structured that free movement is just as positive and as good for you as it is necessarily like to follow a routine. So I think that's something that dance taught me. That's great. And now that you have kind of a lot of your own clients that you are training, how has your philosophy changed in regards to, um, you know, how you train somebody um, over the years or has it changed? It definitely has changed. Um, When I first got into training, I always thought I wanted to train athletes and I had this very like competitive mentality towards it and that like we always had to be like trying to like achieve a certain goal that was athletic driven. Now that I've been in it for a while, I've decided that I don't necessarily need to be in that athletic world anymore. I like training everyday people. And in terms of the way I approach fitness, it's less about 
a competitive edge, but more about just a well-rounded um, fitness and just like enjoying the journey, enjoying the process and not necessarily always looking for that end goal, but looking at the small steps in order to get you there. So I think that's something that definitely has changed over the years um, for me. And how do you train uh, the uh, people that you uh, have, be it athletes or um, somebody that's not uh, as athletic? Do you train them differently or? Depending on the person, yes. Some people who are a little bit more competitive and again, in that athletic world need more of that go-go type attitude. Whereas the people who are just wanting to live a healthy lifestyle and just be well-rounded, they can be a little bit more relaxed and I can give them more of, a, like I always try to make it more fun for them because realistically I always want my clients to be able to incorporate whatever we're doing throughout their entire life as a routine rather than just like okay this is just a one-time thing and then I'm done with it I want them to be able to have fun and really enjoy the process of it whereas sometimes athletes I find if you just focus on the one thing they need to um, it's a little bit better for them and sometimes not all athletes are like oh I want it to be fun like they want it to be like purposeful and like more serious so I think that's how the two of them differ. And I was really intrigued by your blog post. I believe it was called Stop Girl Push-Ups. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you talk a bit about that and what it means and your view on it? So Stop Girl Push-Ups is something that I started about two years ago. Um, it's a hashtag that I use on my Instagram a lot. And basically, I just got really tired of hearing people go, oh, I don't want to do a girl push-up or girls can only do knee push-ups. And having such a negative outlook on females and strength, just assuming that we can only do pushups from our knees or that if you're someone who does pushups from your knees, that you're automatically weaker, or that you're a girl and that you'll never be capable of anything like of the cool pushups that I do, like the plyometric ones. So it's something that I started and I tag a lot, especially in my posts and have other people post as well, just to show that girls were capable of literally anything. And the stuff that we can do goes far beyond just knee pushups and that it's important to never simulate a gender with a strength movement. So if, for example, like an assisted push-up or a modified push-up is the exact same mm -hmm. as an assisted chin-up or assisted or sorry, a modified chin-up, but we never call them girl chin-ups. You know what I mean? So that was something that I just oh. really wanted to get across in a lot of my YouTube as well as the blog and then my Instagram. So it's a message that I'd like to spread to females that we're capable of anything. Oh, and that's just it. I never uh, understood why they would have to call it a girl push-up or this or and I used to be a para-athlete so um, there was a lot of uh, isms there as well being a para-athlete so I never really understood that and why people had to uh, decipher or kind of uh, split it and call it two different things. Yeah I don't get it either it's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I also was looking at your bio and it says that you're an IFBB fitness pro. Can you explain uh, to the listeners what that is? So IFBB Pro is a professional league in the bodybuilding world. And last year in 2019, I competed for the first time in May uh, for a regional show to qualify for a nas national show. And then at the national show, which was Toronto Pro Show, is where I won my IFBB Pro card. So now technically I'm a professional bodybuilder in the fitness division, which is one of the divisions for the female athletes where it's like um, – you do a minute and a half to two minute routine of a lot of the stuff that I do on my Instagram of the flips, the pushups, the combinations, all that really fun stuff. And then when you turn pro, you have a posing round, just like you would see in the physique round or the bikini round. So my category is like a hybrid between the stuff that I love doing on my Instagram, plus that traditional bodybuilding. Um, yeah. 
Perfect. And as I understand as well, uh, you're huge into the calisthenics training. Yes, I love calisthenics. Calisthenics is my yeah. main focus right now. Perfect. And can you tell uh, the listeners why you're so much into calisthenics and maybe a bit about what that is? So calisthenics is literally just your own body weight when you're doing exercises. So it can be something as simple as squats, lunges, push-ups, all that stuff. And it goes into way advanced movements of like freestyle calisthenics. And that's where you're going to see a lot of the people doing more of the acrobatic tricks on the floor. Or if you go to the bars, you'll see them doing these crazy flips over the bars and twists and turns. And it looks super amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. The reason why I like calisthenics way more in terms of training and everything else about it is just the community. Uh, The people that I've met through calisthenics have been the coolest people ever, to be honest. And so just being surrounded by people who are so positive and so helpful and like wanting to help people learn and get more into the community is something that I really like about it. Because when I first started into it, it was actually at a calisthenics meetup uh, last November. And when I got there, everyone was just like, oh, like, have you seen this person do this? Like, have you ever tried doing this? And like, people were so open to just helping you rather than some other sports that I've been in. It's been way more competitive and people don't necessarily want to help you. So I think that's the great thing about calisthenics is that it's not competitive. Even though it is a competitive sport, people are just wanting to watch other people get better, which I think is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Why do you think that there's that difference as far as being calisthenics and Uh, that kind of the world wanting to help people and compared to other parts of the fitness world and they don't uh, necessarily want to help as much. I think it's just the nature of the sport because a lot of people in calisthenics are self-taught. They realize that if they've learned it and they can help someone else learn it, they're more open to it maybe. But I think it's also just because calisthenics isn't as large in terms of being as well known, like around the world and stuff like that. I think because the community is so small knit, they like to help everyone as much as they can and try to grow it as much as they can. So the more people that get into it, the more people who are posting about it or doing it, the more their community can grow and the more attention they can get and maybe more sponsorships and stuff like that. So I think if we all help each other in the community, that's what is like the end goal is just to make it bigger and more well known. And especially now, um, because of dealing with COVID-19, a lot of people are doing things online. And I was really impressed with all of your social media presence as well. Um, Can you maybe talk about your social media presence and uh, how that began and how you built it up? Sure. So I started my Instagram account, Little T Fitness, back in 2017. So I've had it for about three years now. And when I first started it, I was just like, I'm just going to post workout videos that I do myself um, and see how that goes. And then as I started to post more acrobatic calisthenic skills, that's when my account started to get a little bit more attention, started to grow a little bit more. And then I realized that that's truly what I like doing most. Like as, as fun as it is to do the strength training, what I really liked filming and showing off was my handstands, my tumbling, my pushups, all that really fun stuff. And it's also an area that when I would see other people post similar content to me, it's like it motivated me to keep pushing myself to be better. So from the beginning of my account to now, I think in terms of content, it's definitely changed. And my focus is more about doing like little small challenges, whether it's like a pistol squat challenge or mobility challenge. Um, I love doing that stuff as well as my skill drill Saturday, which is actually one of the posts that I try to feature the most um, or kind of like showcase the most just because it's me being able to teach other people who are on my account 
the things that I do. So if it's like how to do a one arm handstand or how to do a pistol squat, like I try to give out as much information as possible, as well as the entertainment value with my social media. <laughs> and it certainly is entertaining. And uh, Recently, I've seen a lot of uh, posts where uh, people are trying to uh, do what you do. Is there a certain challenge that you have out there right now? So the most current challenge that people are doing, at least this week, is my most recent Mobility Monday challenge, which is just basically a sequence of, it, it varies each week, but I always try to incorporate like a lot of ankle mobility or lower body mobility, just because those ones tend to be more challenging and fun for people to try. Um, and then another challenge that's going around is the sweatpants challenge. So that's the one where you're in a handstand trying to take off your sweatpants. Um, that was uh, a really fun one. That one was going around during COVID. And then I just brought it back recently just because it's a, it's a fun one to do since we're all stuck at home a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That was another one I saw. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and like how much training does it uh, take to be able to do um, handstands or tumbling uh, things that you do on there that make it look so easy, but it must be so hard to do and have you must have to have so many core muscles to be able to do that. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions with calisthenics or inversions or whichever people always see it and they're like, Oh, it's body weight. Like that must be so easy to do. But the amount of body awareness that you need to have the core control, like you said, as well as just this little stabilizer muscles that we have like in our shoulders and our backs and stuff like that to be able to do a lot of the skills that our body weight is much, much harder than most people think. So in terms of training, I would say the average time for someone to get their freestanding handstand is anywhere between three months to depending on how like your starting level to like five months, because I know a lot of people think just like, Oh, you kick up and you can hold it, but you can kick up to a handstand all the live long day, but to be able to hold it there for like, say like a 10 seconds, it takes a lot, a lot of practice. It's way longer and way more tedious than people believe. Oh, absolutely. And that's something that I don't think I'd ever be able to do, but I was so impressed uh, with everybody that's been on your Instagram uh, post and being able to do that. So that's, it's wonderful that you're doing that. Um, where do you see your business? Are you going, you know, into the future? Um, people always ask what's your five-year plan. So what is that five-year plan for you? Honestly, right now, my five-year plan has definitely shifted since COVID. So originally I was mm -hmm. thinking to open up my own gym space and run my business out of my own gym and have trainers out of it and stuff like that. Um, however, within the most recent times, I think because I'm so... I'm so happy with my online world. I think that's something that I really want to try to grow over the next five years and then be able to travel more and do workshops abroad and like travel and see my online clients and do meetups that way. I think that'd be really fun because I get to see the world and do fitness and kind of meet all my clients. I think it's the best of both worlds. And do you have any bucket list places that you'd love to go to? Oh, I have so many. So definitely top of the list is anywhere in Asia, like Japan or Bali or the Philippines or places that I really want to go to. And then I really want to go to Australia because I actually have quite a few people in terms of following and then in terms of my clients who are from Australia. So those are the top places right now. And what are you most grateful for that uh, fitness or training has given you over the years? I think it's the community. And like, and, and all of everything that I've ever been in, in terms of fitness, whether it's more athletic or as a trainer or on Instagram, the people that I get to meet through the things that I do have been amazing. I've got to meet 
some of my best friends through fitness, um, as well as my clientele, like a lot of them, like, yes, they're my clients, but I, a lot of them, I consider my family because I'm 24. A lot of my clients are older than me. So they're able to provide so much wisdom and advice and just be there for me as a person and not just as like a client to train a relationship. So I'm super grateful that every single opportunity that I've had in the fitness world has led to these amazing relationships. And that's amazing. Uh, now, you mentioned that a lot of your clients are uh, a little bit older than you. Um, sometimes in the work world, um, when it's a younger person, uh, they don't get the respect that they deserve uh, based on the knowledge that they have. Um, do you ever find that uh, with yourself in your business? So far, I haven't. And I don't know if that's because a lot of the people that I'm getting now too are through my social media. So they see my little T fitness page and they see me as that person. They're like, Oh, like, and I get a lot of respect in that regard, but even my one-on-one -on -one clients that I got through referrals or just even like people just emailing me, um, I've never had anyone doubt my capabilities or ever question my knowledge. So I think that's something that I'm very fortunate because to be honest, like I am a young female and I'm very small to begin with. So I definitely could see it being an issue, but I've luckily not had to face that. Yeah, and uh, that's great because no one should ever have to face that. But it was just a question that I just uh, thought of because you had <laughs> mentioned that most of your clientele was a little bit older. So um, if people want to reach out to you um, to be able to work out with you, um, can you give all of your social media posts or a website that they can uh, contact you at? Yeah, sure. So the best way probably is through email, which is just littletfitness at gmail.com. But you can also feel free to DM me on Instagram. That's just Little T Fitness. You can find me on Instagram very easily. And then usually I reply to all DMs relatively quick. And then emails for sure are probably the easiest way to reach me as well. That's phenomenal. Well, uh, Little T, since we've been uh, talking for uh, quite a few minutes, I'm uh, going to call you Little T because I feel <laughs> like we know uh, one better little bit now. So uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the Libra Fitness Podcast. And I uh, would love to have you back on at some point in time uh, in the future. Thank you so much. I had so much fun today. Great. Well, once again, uh, that's been a little tea that uh, we've been talking to on the podcast today. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side uh, when we have another uh, Libra Fitness podcast. Sounds great.